ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah this is a ni'ma bila shak wa bila rayb this is a bounty undoubtedly without any doubt without any ambiguity this is a tremendous doubt uh, excuse me this is a tremendous benefit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has bestowed upon us alhamdulillah Allah azza wa jal he has allowed us to reach the month of sha'ban and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to reach the month of ramadan this month of sha'ban is a month where the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he used to fast the majority of it the only month that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam he would fast in totality then that was ramadan and after ramadan the month that he would fast the most in then this was in the month of sha'ban inside of sha'ban we have a tremendous occasion and that is in the middle of sha'ban and it's tremendous because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he has informed us about the time frame and that the time frame has virtue however he sallallahu alaihi wasallam he did not point us to any specific action that was done during that time frame nor did he point us or nor did he specify and single out this time frame uh with any type of ibadah that was specific and what we're talking about is we're talking about the middle of sha'ban the middle of sha'ban as for the narration that mentions idha kana laylatu nisf min sha'ban that if it is the middle night from sha'ban faqumu laylaha then stand is night in prayer wasumu naharaha and fast is day then this hadith is hadith that is mawdu' it is a hadith that is not authentic rather it's a hadith that has been fabricated it's been invented it's been made up as the ulama of uh, hadith they have pointed out that this is a hadith that has been made up a hadith that is da'if is 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 stronger than a hadith that is mawdu' because a hadith that is mawdu' you find for it no real chain it has no real chain so based upon this we don't have any dalil which points us to a specific action that is done inside of 
this time frame, uh, the middle of Sha'ban. However, we find that something very special happens during it. And this is something that we would like to benefit from, bi'dhnilahi ta'ala. And this reminder here is an actuality, a continuation of the khutbah from earlier today. Naam. And we want to highlight on a specific portion of it and go into more depth, bi'dhnilahi ta'ala, as relates to it. And that is that hadith which points us and shows us that this is a very special time for a very special few is that which has come on the authority and Abi Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and has come on other sahaba as well uh, from them Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu likewise our mother Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha and others from the Sahaba. And that is the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, يَطَّلِعُ اللَّهِ تَبَارُكُ وَتَعَالَ إِلَى خُلْقِهِ لَيْلَةَ النِّصْرِ مِنْ شِعْبَانِ That Allah, he looks at his, Allah the most lofty, the one who is the most blessed. He looks at his slaves on the middle night of Sha'ban. And he forgives all of his creation. He forgives them all. Illa except. Illa li mushrik. Except for one who makes shirk. Wa aw mushahin. Or one who is mushahin. The mushrik, the one who makes shirk, this is well known. This is one who falls into shirk or one who makes the shirk. Uh, yani, and what is included in shirk is jamir and where all of the all of the categories of shirk then they will enter into this the small of it the big of it the hidden from amongst it and that which is apparent and blatant from it all of it enters into it and this is a warning from shirk because it shows us how despicable shirk is that not only is shirk that which is not forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not only does shirk it prohibit or it renders an individual's deeds null and void, but also it is a preventative factor from being forgiven at this time frame. It will prevent an individual from being forgiven at this time frame, the one who makes shirk. There comes another hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions, yumli lil kafirin. Now that the kuffar they will be they, they will be prevented or they will be held back, they will be postponed. And what is understood from this Wallahu A'la wa A'lam is that they will be postponed from receiving this maghfirah, from receiving this forgiveness, uh until what? Until they accept Islam. Or that their punishments will be postponed until the hereafter. For the believer, then they are those who they are eligible to be forgiven during this time in the middle of Sha'ban for the believer, for the muwahid, for the one who implements the tawheed, which points us again to the superiority of a tawheed, to the superiority of a tawheed, and, and how and why learning about tawheed is something that is of tremendous importance to each and every one of us, that we should be concerning ourselves to learn about the tawheed, because this is the reason that we were created. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship me. Meaning to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. That they single me out alone with regards to their worship, with regards to ibadah. So they don't worship anything else. They don't call upon statues. They don't call upon the moon. They don't call upon the sun. They don't call upon a prophet. They don't call upon an angel. They don't call upon a righteous one. But rather they, they, they call upon Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And this is the meaning of La ilaha illallah. La ma'abuda bihaqqin illallah. That none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. And as Allah ta'ala he says, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهُ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَأَنَّمَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ And that is because Allah, He is the truth. And that which is called upon other than him, that it is false. It is called upon in falseness or in falsehood. 
calling upon it is something that is erroneous, is fruitless. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us about those who fall into shirk, those who call upon others along with Allah or besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, He says, that verily Allah does not forgive that heartless be associated with him in worship, but he forgives from other than that to whom he pleases. So for the one who is mushrik, he will not benefit from this night, but he will not benefit from any other night or from any other act that they would do. Why? Because they come with shirk, because they mix their deeds with polytheism. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells our Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَّا الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ And verily, it has been revealed to you. وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ It has been revealed to you and to those who were before you. That if you associate partners with Allah in worship, then verily, undoubtedly, your deeds will be null and void. Then they will be null and void. So in order for deeds to be accepted, then a person has to be upon Tawheed. They have to worship Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Naam. So the one who was upon shirk, then he is excluded. They will not be forgiven during this night. And likewise, the mushahin. And this is really the, the point that we want to focus in on and highlight. Because as far as the shirk and the mushrik, then it, it, it is as it comes inside of the other hadith, al kafirin for the kuffar. Naam, for the kuffar. is a reminder for those Muslims who have been trialed and they have been given to superstitions and things of this nature and they have been deceived by those deceivers from the people of innovation to know the repugnant nature of what these individuals are upon and to avoid their way because they're calling to a way that contains therein no good. Any Anything that it has with its shirk and it calls to shirkiyat, it calls to aspects of polytheism, they know undoubtedly it is a way that is wrong. So if you find any way and they're encouraging you to make dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know that this way it is wrong. Because as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He told us in the ayah, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ جِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship me. Then we have been created for what? For ibadah. To worship Allah. And that ibadah has to be to Allah and Allah alone. يُوَحِدُونِ Naam, so that they single me out alone. With worship, they single me out alone with ibadah. So this ibadah, it belongs to Allah. So if an individual tells you that you can give dua to other than Allah, then this individual, he is fatan. This individual, he is kadhab. He is a troublemaker. He is a liar. Why? Because of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "Ad dua hu al ibadah." That supplication, it is ibadah. supplication, it is ibadah, and ibadah is to Allah and Allah alone. This is the meaning of La ilaha illallah. In any event, for us, especially as individuals and as communities, Alhamdulillah, ala ni'mat al-Islami wa sunnah, all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah. We want to highlight on this issue of who is the mushahin. Who is mushahin? Naam. The ulama, they explain that the mushahin, yani hu al-mughrid, he is the one who he hates people. He, he has hatred for others. Naam. For lack of a better term, this is a hater. Naam. He hates. He has hatred, malice, rancor in his heart for others. Huwa al-mu'adi. Naam. He is one who is, he takes enmity. He has enmity for others. And what does it mean here by others? It means for other Muslims. That he is an individual or she is an individual who they hate other Muslims. They have rancor for other Muslims. They have malice for other Muslims. This is a despicable trait. So despicable that it will render an individual ineligible to be forgiven in the middle of Shabbat. It will render them ineligible. Why? Because they have hatred in their heart. They have malice in their heart for another Muslim unjustifiably, without justification, unwarranted, hatred, malice, rancor, hasad. They have uh, jealousy, the type of jealousy, hasad, yani, meaning that they want to see 
the benefits, the bounty, the good, leave the Muslim. And they want it for themselves. They want it for themselves, but they want the other person to lose it. Now, this is a despicable uh, trait and despicable characteristic. When we speak about the brotherhood, when we speak about unity, then verily these are things that erode the unity. They damage the brotherhood. When a person has enmity and hatred for another Muslim, this will destroy the brotherhood. What kind of brotherhood can be between them and this individual has hatred inside of his heart for his brother Muslim? Or she has hatred in her heart for a sister Muslim. How can they come together? It's not possible that they will come together. How can there be unity and solidarity? It's not possible there will be unity or solidarity when they have this hate, hatred and this rancor in their heart for their, for their believing brothers and sisters when we're supposed to love the believers. We're supposed to have love for the believers. Now, also what enters into this, what enters into mushahid, and this is why we say, Alhamdulillah ala ni'matil Islam was sunnah. That all praise and thanks belong to Islam for the bounty of Islam and the sunnah. Because the bounty of Islam, it frees us from the mushrik. Now, those who implement the Islam and they practice it correctly, then they will be safe from being a mushrik. And the Sunnah, those who are upon the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they're upon the Sunnah of Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then this will free them from being mushahin, because also when enters into the meaning of mushahin, then verily it is as Imam al Awza'i rahimahullah taala he mentioned, arada bil mushahin ha huna sahibul bid'ah. That what is intended by mushahin here is a person of innovation. A person of innovation. Innovation is something which is, is repugnant. Why? Because as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, مَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ يُقَرِّبُكُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ وَيُبَعِيدُكُمْ عَنِ النَّارِ إِلَّا وَقَدْ أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِهِ وَمَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ يُقَرِّبُكُمْ إِلَى النَّارِ وَيُبَعِدُكُمْ عَنِ الْجَنَّةِ إِلَّا وَقَدْ نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْهُ أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم He said that there is nothing from good Excuse me There is nothing that will get you close to Jannah And far from the fire Except that I can manage you to do it And there is nothing that will get you uh, Close to the fire Far away from Jannah Except that I prohibited you from it Naam. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he didn't miss anything. He didn't miss anything. He didn't leave anything out. Naam. And we know this because Allah subhanahu wa taala, he says in his noble book, that on this day I have perfected for you your religion, and I have completed my favor upon you. And I am pleased that you have Islam as your deen, as your way of life. The shahid here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that he perfected Islam. He completed Islam. That which is perfect, it doesn't need any addition. That which is perfect, it doesn't need that anything be taken away from it. Now, if you take away from it, then you render it. You take away from its perfection, correct? If you add to it, then what? Then you... Damage the perfection. Now we're talking about, yani, like for example, this cup of tea. If it was filled to perfectly to the rim, if you take away from it, then now you take away from its perfection. Now it's not filled perfectly to the rim. If you pour to it, then now it will spill all over and and the like. So now it's not a perfectly poured cup of tea. Now, now when it comes to the deen of al Islam, for a person to come now and say that they will add something to the deen, something that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he didn't do and that they would deem it to be good, then what are they implying? Are they implying that there was some good that the Prophet ﷺ he missed? Because now you fall into a dilemma. Because if you claim that there is some innovation that is good, then this, and we mean innovation in the deen, not in the dunya, in the deen. We're not talking about innovation in worldly affairs, right? Because the innovations in worldly affairs, and what's some examples of that? Well, the computer, the laptop, yeah, this microphone that I'm talking on. So on and so forth, correct? The internet that this is going out over, right? And all those servers that are interconnected and communicating with each other and transmitting the data across and all of that. This is in the dunya, right? This is in the dunya. So this is not what is meant. This is not what is meant. 
we're talking about in the religion. So if a person comes now with a belief that was foreign, a belief that the Prophet didn't have, then this is innovation. If a person comes with statements by way in which they try to draw near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of which the Prophet didn't teach, this is innovation. If a person comes forward with actions, trying to draw near unto Allah by way of these actions, of which the Prophet didn't teach, he didn't, he didn't call to, then this is what innovation. So we mean innovation in religion. So now if a person comes with innovation in religion, what are they implying? They're implying that the Prophet did not do his job. Because the job is to convey Islam in totality. Right? So if there's certain aspects of Islam that were missing, then we're saying the Prophet didn't do his job. We're saying that the Prophet didn't tell the truth when he said that there's nothing that would draw you near to Jannah except that I commanded you to do it. Now, nothing that would draw you near to Jannah away from the fire except I commanded you to do it. We're saying, no, there was something that was missed. When we go back to the ayat, This day I perfected for your religion and I've completed my favor upon you. What are we saying? This ayat is not accurate because someone now, five, six, seven centuries later, had to come with something new that the Sahaba didn't know about, that the Prophet Sallallahu first and foremost, he didn't know about, the Sahaba didn't know about. The implications are tremendous, right? And when we look at them and we start to reflect and ponder, we realize that, yeah, this is a very crazy statement that someone will come with something that the Prophet didn't know about and he will claim he knew something the Prophet didn't know. This is the dilemma he puts himself in. Or that he will come with something that the Sahaba didn't know about and thus he, he will be upon something that the, that the Sahaba they didn't know about. What good could be there except that the, that the Sahaba were upon it? Remember, the deen of al-Islam, it was transmitted to us by what bridge? What was the bridge by way in which the deen of Islam met the tabi'un? Was what? The sahaba. The sahaba were the bridge. So everything that we know from khayr, they have transmitted it to us from what they learned from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So thus, if there's anything from good, as the ulama they say, they beat us to it. They already did it. Because they're the ones that told us about it. So now, after we receive it, are we are we going to say, but we have discovered something you didn't know? Where we discover it from? Because the only way we can know about the deen of Islam is from revelation. If there's no prophet after Muhammad sallallahu none of us is receiving wahi. None of us is going to get a new command. There's not going to be a new prohibition, right? So where do we get the information from? If it's, if it's not the wahi from Allah, then it's wahi from who? From shaitan. Then uh-huh. it's why Shaitan, as the as the, as the Shayateen, they whisper to their to their awliya. In any event, when we just reflect briefly on the nature of innovation, then we see that yes, it's despicable, and from those things that highlight its repugnant nature is that it will render an individual ineligible of being forgiven. In the middle of Shabbat. Now, it would render the individual ineligible of being forgiven. After mentioning that, we want to go back to the meaning that was first mentioned. Now, because this is, this is clear, right? We need Tawheed and we need Sunnah. We need Tawheed, we need Sunnah. This is clear. This is all aspects of our lives and we want to be successful. But I want to look at Bithnilahi Ta'ala and focus in on, inshallah Ta'ala, for myself first and foremost and then for everyone. Because this, this is something that we have to have an extreme concern with. And that is the rectification of our hearts. Purifying our hearts. For what reason? So that we can benefit, inshallah Ta'ala. Knowing that what? After we lay down the foundation, that it's impossible to purify your heart except upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Except upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Except with Tawheed in the Sunnah. That's the only way we can purify our hearts. Other than that, we will not be able to purify our hearts. The Prophet wasallam he informed us about the nature of the heart. When the Prophet wasallam he said, Ala wa inna fil jasad, He said, and it is not except that there is inside of the body a morsel of flesh, an organ, if you may, right? If it is rectified, then all of the body will be rectified. And if it is corrupted, 
then all of the body is corrupted. If it's rectified, the body will follow in rectification. If it is corrupted, then the body will follow in corruption. Now, so when one realizes and he understands the connection between rectification and the benefit of the organism as a whole, then they will know that this small portion is very important. We have to, we have to give any you know, importance to it. You know, when it comes to the stuff that's on the outside, we give importance to it, right? If a, a person looks to make sure that their, that their clothes are, are clean, that they're pressed correctly, right? They make sure that everything is in order, right? So, you know, their taqi is not hanging to the side or something like this, right? But everything is, is in order, you know? No blemishes, no whatever, right? And we take, and we take, alhamdulillah, this is good. Now, as the Prophet Sallallahu said, Allah Jameel, Allah Ta'ala is, 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 is the most handsome. He loves beautiful things. So this is good. Person could take, could take uh, care of this and this is good. This is from the deen. However, what's even more important than the external cleanliness is what is the cleanliness of our hearts. Because the Prophet Sallallahu he said, Allah wa al and is it not except but the heart, meaning what that morsel of flesh or that organ, that if it is correct, the body is correct. If it is corrupted, the body is corrupted. He said is what? The heart. The heart. So we have to look at our hearts. Now, and this is important too, because listen, when we say that we are Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, right? You heard that before? Perfectly said, I'm from Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, right? If, 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 if even a kuffar hatta, if they were to ask, what kind of Muslim are you? We say, I'm Sunni. That person is proud to say Sunni, right? Because I'm not sharing Sunni. But do we understand the implications of what it means Sunni? Sunni is nisbah to Sunnah. You're connecting yourself to the Sunnah. The Sunnah of who? Muhammad, so you're meaning you're upon his Sunnah. You're upon his Sunnah, what? Ibadatan, in the manner in which you worship. Aqidatan, in your creed, in your belief. So you believe as the Prophet ﷺ believed, right? You worship as the Prophet ﷺ worship. Meaning, meaning what? Means that you worship with the same types of worship. It's not, it is not, and it will never mean that we will worship as well as he worshipped, or that we will worship as much as he worshipped, or that our worship will be to the same quality of his worship. No, never. We can never catch up to the Prophet ﷺ. But it means that we worship with the same kind of worship. The Prophet ﷺ made salat. We make salat. Rather, we pray as he taught us. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Sallu usalli. Pray as you see me praying. We fast the way he fasted. Now, we don't make up a new way of fasting, but we fast the way he fasted. We pay zakat the way he pays zakat. So the ibadah that we do is the ibadah that he taught us. Is that we learned from him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is what it means to be upon the sunnah in his ibadah. Now, if there was something he did in a specific manner, we do it in that manner. And so on and so forth. That makes sense? But, so, Aqidatan, we believe like the Prophet ﷺ believed, because he taught us how to believe right. So we believe the way he believed. In our worship, we have to worship properly. Now, also in, in our character, in our character, in our mannerisms, then we should we take our example from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And as a quick note, when we say aqidatan, then naam bila shak bila that means minhajan as well. That our methodology is the same as the methodology of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because aqida and minhaj mutalazimatan. Then they they go together. They go together. The aqida and the minhaj, our our creed and the yani and 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 the the methodology by way in which we call to the deen. It has to, is, is from the prophetic way. Naam, the way of the Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because no one can argue. No one can argue. Various groups, they have come and they call themselves after their leader. Right? The first one, or something like this. But the leader of Ahlul Sunnah is who is Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Who are Rasulullah? He's the messenger of Allah. If you're gonna follow anybody, who are gonna follow? The messenger of Allah. Right? Because this is, the messengers are there, liyubar, to be obeyed. To be obeyed. So we have to obey Muhammad sallallahu Allah Ta'ala says, Allah wa rasul. Obey Allah and obey the, and obey the messenger. And don't render your deeds not avoid. Don't render your deeds not avoid. Right? <clears throat> but, in any event, 
our character. We have to look to correcting our character. We have to look to correcting our character. And from that, and by way in which we correct our character, is by what? Is correcting our heart. Because we've learned the connection. If we correct what's on the inside, then what's on the outside will be automatically corrected. But if we dress up a dirty inside, the inside is still dirty. The inside is still dirty. You can put a nice looking sheet over a dirty couch, but it doesn't change the fact that the couch is still dirty. And if you sit on it long enough, that which is under it, it will start to see through. It will start to see through and in reality will become known. So the true way of cleaning it is that you, you clean it from the inside. We have to clean our heart. And from the ways in which we clean our heart and from the beautiful and the, uh, uh, fruit that come from that, that will bring about love and unity and so on and so forth. And that would make us far removed from being mushahin, from one who has hatred and malice and rancor for their Muslim brother or sister. Is that what? Is that we implement the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in the hadith of Allah al-Bukhari al-Muslim, has been collected by al-Bukhari al-Muslim and and Abi Hamza Anas bin Malik. There's on the authority of Abu Hamza, Abu Hamza Anas bin Malik, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And Anas bin Malik, he was the khadim of the, of, of, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He, he used to, yani, he was the, uh, what did you say? He was the servant of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he used to, you know, help around in the house with chores and things of this nature. Now, he narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّنِ أَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ That none of you truly believes, and it's, they translate it as truly belief, but bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, we will come to see the meaning of what is intended, but none of you truly believes until he or she loves for their brother or sister that which they love for themselves. Now, the wording of the hadith that comes in the masculine, none of you truly believe so he loves for his brother, but loves for himself. But when it is into that, what? Likewise, loves for his sister, what he loves for himself, what she loves for his sister, what she loves for herself. It's all included. It's all included. Now, we have to love for each other. Min al-khayr. The ulama, they point out something that's very, very important and easily pointed out. And that is when you reflect on the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la yu'minu ahadukum. None of you truly believes. هَذِهِ كَلِمَةَ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَا بَعْدَهَا مَأْمُورٌ بِهِ شَرَعٌ أو الشَّرِيعًا This statement right here, when you, when you hear statements like that, none of you truly believes. This points to the fact that what is after it is something that is made obligatory, is an obligation. What comes after it is an obligation in the Sharia. Now, so as soon as you hear, لا يؤمن أحدكم None of you truly believe, then know what comes next is obligatory. You have to do it. Now, you have to do it. Now, something that's obligatory, it could be obligatory, يعني أمر إيجاب It can be obligatory, like it's obligatory, you got to do it. Or it can be استحباب That is recommended. Right? So, it, so when we say obligatory, we, now we're going to dissect it. We got to look. What kind of obligation? Is it an obligation that is binding, is a must, or is it an obligation that's recommended? Maybe I don't have to do it. Right? So when we look at this, then we realize, okay, let's look. The Ramadan they mentioned, Nefil Iman Havuna. Firstly, before getting into that, that the negation of Iman here, Yani Kamakala Shaykh for the Samuel Taymiyyah, then this is a negation of kimal, of the perfection of iman. So this doesn't mean that a person doesn't have the, the origin of iman, that they're kafir. No, but this means that their iman is not complete. It's not complete. And that's why they commonly translate it as none of you truly believes, meaning your iman is not finished. It's not complete until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Now, now let's get back to it. Is this the iman? Is this something that is recommended or obligatory? <clears throat> the only man they point out, فَإِذَا نُفِيَ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْفِعْنِ دَلَّ عَلَى وُجُوبِ مَا نُفِيَ الْإِيمَانِ لِأَجْلِهِ 
that if Iman has been negated by way of an action, then this points to the fact that that which has negated it, it becomes obligatory to establish its opposite. Now, or if Iman is negated because something is not brought, then bringing that thing becomes wajib, becomes obligatory. That makes sense? If Iman is, is negated, none of you truly believes until whatever comes after that until is something that he has to bring or she has to bring. It's wajib. They have no choice in it. Why? Because Iman, the completion of it has been negated until they bring this. So it is obligatory that we complete our Iman. That makes sense? So the Prophet said, La yu'minu ahadukum. None of you truly believes. None of your Iman will be complete. Until he loves for his brother, he loves for himself. Ma'am, and that's across the board. None of us truly believe until we love for our brother, what we love for himself. From min al khayr, as it comes inside another narration, from good, from the good things. Ma'am, because some people they like bad stuff, so this is not what is intended. But that we love for our brother from the good, what we love that reaches ourselves from the good. Ma'am. وهذا يدل على أن محبة المرء لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه واجبة. So this points us to the fact that a person loving for his brother what he loves for himself is واجب. It's obligatory. There's no option as relates to it. It is obligatory. Now, this is what obligatory. And why do we why do we come to this conclusion? That it has to be obligatory and not recommended. Why? Because, يعني, uh, because whoever leaves off something that is recommended, it will not jeopardize his iman from completion, from being complete. So, in other words, you can have complete iman and leave off a, a, a recommended action, and you still have complete iman. So soon as we see that the iman will be effective and it will be rendered incomplete, then we know that that thing it is wajib. It is wajib. Nam, that makes sense. It's wajib. But the ulama they mention that imanuhu that his iman will not be complete. Nam. The one who does not love for his brother what he loves for himself, his iman, it will not be complete. This means that his iman is deficient. Right? Deficient. This is very important because, see, one of the things from the truth, how you know what the truth is, is that it's consistent. It's consistent. Right? If the iman is, has a defect, it's not complete, it's incomplete. And then you have another one who, who his iman is complete. Then this points us that in iman there is what? There is tafawbun. There is different levels. Different levels meaning, or we understand from it because the nature of faith, the nature of iman is that it goes up and it goes down. Alright? Anything that is given to decrease is also given to increase. Anything that can go up, it can go down. If it can go down, it can come back up. That makes sense? So, Iman, Yazid, Wayankus. It goes up, it goes down. And it's from the proper belief that Iman, it rises and it decreases. Now, all of us have the same Iman, right? Just like none of us have the Iman like the Iman of Abu Bakr, as Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala. We don't have Iman like that. No way. Alright? But, so Iman goes up and it goes down. So if a person doesn't love for his brother what they love for themselves, then their Iman is deficient. It's not complete. And it is not intended here by brother, meaning your blood brother, your biological brother. This is not what is meant here. It doesn't mean your biological brother. But rather what is meant by أخيه, a kullu Muslim, every Muslim. Every Muslim. Naam. And every Muslim is every Muslim. It doesn't mean just the Muslim who are your countrymen. Right? It doesn't mean the Muslim who are yani, from your qabila, from your tribe, or the Muslim who is from your land, or the Muslim who is from your 
yani, same color, right? Or the Muslim who speak your same language. No. Muslim. The Muslim. You see? The deen of al-Islam, because we know the world has a, has a problem, has a racial problem. The world has a problem with racism. Nah? And nationalism and colorism and all these isms and schisms. What removes that, what is the cure for that, is what is to apply Islam. Is to apply Islam. And this is a da'wah, <clears throat> this is a da'wah that I don't believe we really understand its impact. Because for the kuffar, they may speak a good game, right? But you will find that the racism and the segregation that exists amongst them is best shown and illustrated in their places of worship. In their places of worship. Now, so let's take the Christians, for example, right? The Christians, for example, their churches are the most segregated spaces in America. In America. You will go to a church and it will be a black church, right? And the majority of the people in there will be black. And in and, and some of those churches, their picture of Isa, will be a black version, right? It's, it's ridiculous. And then if you go to, for example, Southern Baptist Church, who tend to be more Caucasian, white, right? You will find that the majority of the congregation is all Caucasian. You may have one or two different people, but the majority is Caucasian. It's Caucasian church. And then, of course, the picture there, Jesus, blind hair, blue eyes. Right? The other black Jesus, he got afro. And, and, yeah, I'm saying he got afro. Right? Big beard with an afro. Like, everybody got their version. Then if you go to a, 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 a church of, of the Oriental, Chinese church, then you'll find the picture there, Jesus, got Chinese-looking features. Okay? And the majority of the people that's there are all from their place. The most segregated spaces in America. Churches. Most segregated. Right? But then if you got any, the Latin churches, same thing. So on and so forth. Throughout the denominations. De Baptist, Methodist, Protestant, whatever, Catholic. Throughout, you'll find the most segregated spaces here in America. Right? The melting pot. <laughs> right? So anyway, with the Muslims, when you go into the masajid, especially a lot of the bigger masajid, when you go there, it's like, it's like here, it's a mix. Right? You got something here, something there, this color, that color, because it doesn't matter. Why? Because we're all brothers. We're all brothers. And for the Kufar, this is something that is amazing. Something that's amazing. Years ago, years ago, I was with a co-worker of mine, and we were working, um, I forget exactly where, it was on Long Island somewhere. We got on Long Island, right? And we're working, and my co-worker is a Catholic, I used to give him Dawah. You know, um, even there was a Muslim brother that was there and we recognized each other because the Muslim recognized the Muslim. You know, you see the Alam to Sujood, you know, things like this, little certain signs, indicators, you know, you see the, the beard and things like this. Right. So he recognized each other. We kind of like, hey, what's your name, brother? You know, like one of them type vibes, you know, I forget his name, but it was a Muslim name. What's your name? What's the deal? The Kafir guy that I'm with, I forgot he was even there. Like we be going on, we talking and having a good old time. So at the end of the conversation, we left, we gave salams, hugged each other, you know, good, good to see you with Demetra, like this, we leave. So the Kafir guy, he said, man, I know you know nobody out here. I said, I don't know nobody out here. He said, you don't know him? I said, that's the first time I met him right now. And he said, huh? And y'all was so much love between. I said, because we're Muslim. We're brothers. No matter where we're from in the world, we're all brothers. And we all have love for each other. Blue is mine. Blue is mine. So I'm telling you, when we implement Islam, the way it should be implemented, just by that alone, is a da'wah that will, is far more reaching than anything we can say to them. It's formal reaching that we show them. Now, so in any event, this is from the benefits of implementing Islam. It's from the benefits of the brotherhood. And then, yeah, this is from the benefits. A lot of benefits of brotherhood. A lot of benefits of brotherhood. You know, but this is from the benefit. So what is meant by brother here, then it means the Muslims, wherever they're from, the Muslims. They can be from the far east, from the far west, from the far south, far north, don't matter. 
they are brothers. Allah Ta'ala, he says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةً نعم, وَإِنَّمَا مِنْ أَدَوَاتِ الْحَصَرِ إِنَّمَا is from those words in the Arabic language that point to a restriction. So if you say, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ The believers are nothing but, they are only, they are only what? Brothers. They're brothers one to another. Is there an, is there, is there an option to be something else to your believer, bro? No, that's your brother. That's your brother. And this, and this is, yani, um, a kinship that what, that is stronger than blood. It is stronger than blood. It's stronger than person, you know, share your, your same gene pool or, or what have you. It's stronger than that. Huh? Because the connection in that was, which, 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 which brings you together is stronger. It's strong. And that is what, that is iman. That is faith. So it is incumbent. It is incumbent for the believer, yeah, that he loves for his brother what he loves yani, for himself. From good. You love for your brother from good. When we implement this hadith, these will be from that which will help us to clean our heart. Because in order to escape being mushahid, do we have to clean our heart from any type of rancor, malice, enmity, Hatred that we have for another Muslim. Ma'am, we gotta clean our heart from it. Why? Because we want for them what we want for ourselves. Now, do you want someone to hate you? To have malice for you and rancor for you for no reason? No good reason? No, we, we don't want nobody to, to hate, hate us for no reason. Right? Even the kuffar amongst themselves realize this reality. And when people treat them bad, they say, oh, he's a hater. They're hating on me. And they don't like that. It's a bad thing. Because even they realize, bad for someone to hate on you. You don't want no one to hate you for what? Why you hate me for? I didn't do nothing to you. If I did something to you, you know what I mean? You got to hate me like that. Right? Even they realize this. And they will follow. Subhanallah. So what about us as Muslims? We have the guidance. You don't want no one to hate you. Right? You don't want no one to have malice towards you and to have rancor for you. So likewise, you shouldn't do it for nobody else. You shouldn't You shouldn't have malice and rancor in your heart for, no, for another Muslim. Unjustly. You shouldn't do it. Just like you don't want it done to you, then you don't do it to others. Now, so we have to love for our brothers and our sisters will be loved for ourselves from good. And when we, and when we do this, you'll find this, this translates into those things that will truly build a community when we have concern for one another. Now, we like to go to bed and we had a meal, right? So then you, 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 you start to be concerned. You want to make sure everybody goes to bed and have a meal. And and if you find out that one of your brothers or your sisters is going to bed and they and they can't afford to have a meal, then you're gonna do what you do to make sure that they can have a meal too, right? To make sure they can have a meal too. This is from the wisdom of Zakatul Fitr, the Zakat we give at the end of Ramadan. Now that is from the Sunnah they give it in food. Why? Why is from the Sunnah giving in food? So that after Ramadan, all of the Muslims could feast, even the poor from the Muslims, for the poor Muslims they can feast too. They don't have to worry about, oh, we don't have, we don't have rice. No, we're going to give you rice. They don't have, you know, this food. No, we're going to give you that food. They don't have this other, you know, type of food. We're going to give you that. You can feast too like everybody. Today, everybody eats. Everybody's going to feast. You have, you have what you need and more. This is from the wisdom why Zakatul Fitr is given like this. Now, but what does this do? This is from the things that help build the brotherhood. Because now you're warning and you're loving for your brother what you want and you love for yourself. And this is why the ulama they say that if you know of individuals who are in need of Zakatul Fitr, then it's better that you bring it to them personally. You could give it, yani, and have it distributed for you, but they said if you know you have the ability, it's better that you go personally. That you that that you go personally, yep, brother to brother. Cause that that builds yani the brotherhood, that builds the love. Huh? The Prophet are telling what he said, Tahadu, Tahabu, give gifts, you will increase love of one another. To give gifts and increase love amongst yourselves. So give gifts. Now give gifts. It could be little. It gotta be a lot. It could be a swag. Be something little. Right? It could be, I don't know, a person bought a cake, he cut it in a bunch of pieces and he bring it to the mess. I'm gonna give a cake to the brothers. I bought a cake for the sisters too. Just wanna give it. You know, because this is what helps increase the love that we should have amongst ourselves. In any event, <clears throat> in any event, we have to have this love and that love is gonna translate into action. It's going to translate into action. If you find that you're, that the Muslim is hurting, then you're going to be hurting too. The Prophet said, Salam, how do you describe it? It's like one body. Huh? If one limb complains, the whole body is, 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 is up suffering from fever and from sleeplessness. Now, that the believer, yani, uh, uh, 
That the believer is like a, a wall. You know, the bricks in a wall, each one. Or like you see right there, the bricks in the wall, each one support the other one. Each one to lean on, support the other one. That's who you have to lean on, your brother. That's who you have to lean on, the, lean on, the Muslims. Now, and it's incumbent that, that we take this more seriously. Because I, I don't think uh, in many places that we take it seriously. That the Muslim pain is our pain. That when they, when they, when they, when they suffer, we suffer. When they win, we win. When we win, they win. Right? This how this how it should be. In any event, implementing these things that we should be doing already, then this would save us from being mushahin. Because a mushahin is one who he's not or she is not going to be forgiven. Naam in the middle of Sha'ban. Right. So that the Muslim, the Muslim. The Muslim, we have one soul and one body. We're like one soul and we're like one body. If one of us hurts, we all hurt. Naam. If one of us is happy, then we're all happy. And so on and so forth. Naam. And this is very, very important. And from that which is necessitated, by the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, until you love for your brother what you love for yourself, also what enters into that and yakraha al-Muslim li-akhihi ma yakraha hu li-nafsi is that a, is that a believer also he hates for his brother what he will hate for himself. So you love for your brother from the good what you love for yourself, and at the same time you hate for your brother what you hate for yourself. Now of course, a person may say, well that's easier said than done. Yes, it is. Right, but we have to try. We have to try. We're not always going to hit the mark, but we have to try. In other words, we know that we don't like to be spoken to in certain ways, so that we shouldn't speak to other people in those ways. Now we're going to fall. Up. We're going to come up short. We're going to fall short, and sometimes we're going to speak to people in ways that we don't like to be spoken to ourselves. But the point is, is that we have to acknowledge the problem so that we can start to rectify it. So we try to remember, and we and we check ourselves, and we try to adjust as much as we possibly can. If we know that we don't like to be dealt with in a certain way, then you don't deal with others in that way. Now, we know as relates to the you know, to this to the, to the sin of exposing your brothers, right? The person who wants to expose his brother, he spies on his brother, he finds out some stuff and he exposes him. The Prophet Sallallahu said that whoever follows up the the faults of a believer, that Allah will follow their faults and expose them. If they're inside their homes, they'll be exposed. Allah will expose them. Now, so we know this is something that is evil. When you think about it, you don't want to be exposed. So why do you want to expose somebody else? And why do you love when the other person is exposed? You don't want it for yourself. Why would you want it for them? Now, so what is necessitated is that what is that we also we hate that it will reach our brother. That which we hate will reach us. We don't want to see our brother lose a job. Just like we don't want to lose a job. We don't want to see our brother get divorced. Just like we don't want to get divorced. Right. But you have evil shall glean and they becoming happy. A person get divorced, you're happy. Happy. So-and-so about to be back on the market. SubhanAllah. Why are you taking happiness in that? What kind of sick person is this? You're sick. No, you're really a person like that is sick. What's wrong with you? You're happy that the man now is, is divorced from his wife? The children now, they can't see both parents all the time? That make you happy? SubhanAllah. People's evil. People got some evil tendencies. But the point is, is that what? Is that these lowly characteristics that we may find inside of our hearts, we have to strive to cleanse ourselves from them. Right? And it's a process. It's a process because all of us have vices. All of us have certain characteristics and flaws and things that are not desirable. Right? All of us have a leaning towards some evil from the evil of our souls that is not desirable. Right? And we understand this is the fact. But the point is, is that we have to acknowledge it so that we guard it. The Sahaba and the Salaf, what they used to say is, is that you have to know the door, the doors by way in which the shaitan comes to you. And those are the doors you guard. Right? Because shaitan doesn't come to all of us the same way. We all don't have the same fitna. We all not trial from the same things. There may be a person who his fitna is money. So he has to be careful when it comes to dealing uh, yani, with money because that's his fitna. He may not act right if, if the money you put in his hand. So that's the person that would say, no, don't, don't entrust me with it. 
trust it to somebody else. Because you know the door that Shaitan comes to you. Another person, uh, money's not his problem. You can put all the money in the world in his hands, it's fine. Maybe their problem is women. Or for women, men. So for this one, you can put all the money, it's fine. You put it in your hands, it's going to be here when you get back. But now when it comes to the women, he has to be more on guard because he knows that's my fit. I don't care about the money. I don't care about fame, status. But women, that's a problem. So he has to be on his guard as it comes to the women. Those who, money and women, maybe is not their problem. But love for leadership is their problem. Then they have to avoid being put in positions of leadership. Brother, you want to head a committee? Nope. Not me. Sorry. <laughs> you, you, want to, you want to be in the Mudeh? Nope. I don't want to be in the Mudeh. I'm not... No, because you know the door by way which Shaitan comes to you. You guard it. You guard it, right? But also from this is knowing the things in which Shaitan will use against you. Those evil inclinations, that those bad things that you know you like, then you avoid them. You avoid them to the best of your ability, right? Because you know that's the tool that Shaitan is going to use against you. That's the arrow he's going to shoot at you. So you avoid those arrows. You avoid getting shot by those arrows. Now, and these things are of extreme importance. So I'm saying this to say that I want in general. So when we step back and we assess our hearts, we want to look at, okay, what are the weaknesses or potential avenues of weaknesses that may reach my heart so I can guard those things? And also, what are those yani, corrupt characteristics that I have within me that I need to work on and fight and, and get out of my heart and clean my heart from it? And also, what are those things in which Shaitan can use against me? So now I don't start giving him ammunition. That makes sense? Right? That makes sense? Wait. And, and these are things that are important because we have to work on cleaning our hearts. And cleaning our hearts is not just something that is just in theory. It's something that's pure, theoretical, and so on and so forth. And it just sounds good, but no. But it, that it translates into action. It translates into action. So that we are acting in a manner that is appropriate. Because when we act in a manner that is appropriate, there are beautiful things that are going to happen for us. Our lives are going to change. Now, from those things that are happening to us, is that what this is a way of the completion of the Iman? Because none of, none of you, none of us truly believe until we love for our brother or we love for ourselves. Likewise, what's understood is the opposite. The opposite understanding that none of us truly believe until we hate for our brothers what we hate for ourselves. Now, this is incumbent. Also, is that what? Is that now when it comes to the middle of uh, 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 Sha'ban, which is right now, right? Because the Yom yani, Jum'ah, that was the, the, uh, 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 that was the, yani, the day of the, of, 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 of the 14th, right? And the night comes before the day. So Jum'ah, that was the 14th day. You with me? Which made Thursday night, Yom Khamis, later to Khamis, what? Later to Juma, that was the 14th night. 14th night was what we would say Thursday night. Friday was the 14th day. So now, 14th day was followed by what? The 15th night, which is now. Which is now. Right? So, if we have any, any hatred, Anybody we've been beefing with, this is the time to to get rid of that, to let it go, right? And, and you know how you tell people at times, let it go. You know, to Sam, pardon it. Let, let it go. Just, just let it go. And a person, they may respond to you, well, why should I? Well, there's a big reason right here. So you could be eligible to be forgiven on the 15th of Shabbat, uh, night of Shabbat. That's why you let it go. Because no, because whatever, whatever, whatever got, whatever got our 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 chest tight, right? Whatever got us upset. When you compare it, I'm really really mad at you. I like the way you talk to me. But I'm not that mad that I want to be forgiven. So it's easy to let it go. It's like oh my god, because I really need to be forgiven because I know myself and I know the stuff I need to be forgiven for, right? So. Whatever it may be, the way they spoke to you, the way they, I mean, they did something to you, whatever. When you when you wait, what they did, get my sins forgiven. That's not a hard decision. They can have it. They can have that. I want my sins forgiven. If they still owe me something, that's fine. Allah pay me back your muqiyam. 
I don't want nothing in my heart. You good. You have it. I don't care. You're not that important. You not that important that you're going to be a preventive factor in me getting my sins forgiven. No. It's fine. Let it go. That's why you should let it go. Nah, that's why you should let it go. It's a, it's a lot of reward and benefit in that. In any event, we have to hate for our brothers that will reach them. Well, we hate that will reach ourselves. We have to hate for our sisters that will reach them. That which we hate for ourselves, Yanni, uh, to reach. And, uh, I'm gonna get in trouble, right? And and you, you know you got this thing. You better not be laughing. You better not be smiling. You're gonna get in trouble too. But this is something that our sisters need to remember. It's something our sisters they need to remember, especially when it comes to the issue of ta'adud, the issue of taking multiple wives. Allah Taala has made it halal. Why? Because there's a big benefit inside of it. But a lot of times sisters they get jealous, and it's fine to get jealous as long as the jealousy is within yani, the bounds. But sometimes jealousy goes outside of the bounds and they become very selfish. They become very selfish, right? And they have to remember this. Would you like to be sing single and unmarried? No, you wouldn't want that for yourself, right? So why you want that for your sister? You want your sister to have a good husband, right? Yeah, so, I mean, you want to have a good husband, right? Yeah, so don't you want your sister to have a good husband too? Now women are very smart. They say, yeah, 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 but not you. <laughs> Allah Mustaan. Allah Mustaan. Why not? Anyway, point is. You get drunk. Oh, of course. I already knew it. <laughs> but the point, the point, well, now, you know, you're smiling now. So you're in trouble too. Everybody, everybody in the hot seat now. But the point is, is that what? Is that these are just things to remember. Now, that we have to, we have to, yani, uh, try more often to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and to, and to try to see where they're coming from. That's not always easy. Don't get me wrong. It's not always easy. But we should we should make more of a concerted effort to doing so. And we should we and we should want to repel from our brothers and sisters the 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 harm that we that we want to repel uh for ourselves. And in doing that, then this will necessitate that we ourselves will not Treat them in a harmful manner. Right? Not just that we treat them good, but also that we withhold the evil from ourselves, from our brothers and our sisters. So therefore, we don't lie to them. We don't cheat them. We don't yani, betray them. Right? We don't swindle them. So on and so forth. We don't hit them and abuse them. We don't backbite them. We don't spread gossip about them. So on and so forth. So just like we don't want no one to do those things to us. So then we withhold doing that to others. Even though that may be something we want to do to them. Say something bad to them. Say something to make them cry. Because we so mad or whatever. Don't do it. The same way you wouldn't want them to make you cry. Then you don't say nothing to make them cry. Now. These things are important. But just think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about a husband and wife. And they act with each other like that. How strong they make the marriage. Think about the brothers amongst themselves. Siblings will act like that. How strong they make their relationship. Think about just the Muslims in general. In general, if you treat each other like that, how strong that will make us as a whole in our in our communities. And this is what the Kufari don't want. I'm telling you, this is what they really don't want. They don't want us to come together. The Kufar, for those for those of us here, who came up in these school systems, right? Because they teach you their methodology inside of school, right? Especially the Brits. What was one of their main tools that they would use? They would say divide and, right? I learned that in history class, social studies. That's how young girl was. They're going to call it social studies, right? Huh? No, but I mean, I was at one point, I don't know, maybe that's in Jersey school system. It was social studies. And then, then it became history one, history two, American history, whatever. Right? But when we was little, you know, second grade, whatever, it was social studies. But that's how early I remember them saying, divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. Just look back to history. You see, you see the games they play. So they don't want us to come together. They don't want us to implement these ahadith. Because in that is power for the Muslims that we're together. One body. One body. Now, in any event, just like we don't want to be described with negative terms, we don't, we should not describe others with negative terms. Just like we don't want to be, made fun of, we don't make fun of others, so on and so forth. These things are of extreme importance and is a must that we do them 
for the benefit of our communities, for the benefit of our families, and even selfishly for our own benefit, so that we benefit, bithnilahi ta'ala, is of extreme uh, importance. And now, this is yani, the reminder that I wanted to give mid-Sha'ban, bithnilahi ta'ala, so that we increase in the doing of goodness and we and we increase in striving to clean our hearts of the bad. Muhammad <laughs> <laughs>